The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Thank you so much for joining me here on Born to be Breastfed on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Well, I hope you all ate too much food over the holidays. I hope you had too many desserts. I hope you enjoyed your family, and I hope you're ready to ring in the new year. Because what we're going to do is we're going to reflect on the ups and the downs of breastfeeding in the United States during the past 12 months. On this episode, we're going to look at breastfeeding in the media and the sciences from celebrity role models to new studies from resources for lactation professionals to baby-friendly hospitals for birthing and nursing your baby, from football to baseball stadiums to Congress and more. So tonight is it, folks. I have got a whole flock of notes spread out all over. As a matter of fact, I kind of I'm kind of bigger than the desk here tonight. I had to put up one of those little old-fashioned TV uh, tables. Of course, I've also got my knitting kind of spread around on that. But anyway, um, I really want to talk about the a the uh, the best and the worst things as I have seen or experienced them this year. So let me start out with some breastfeeding trends and statistics. Honestly, if breast is best then how are we doing in support of that here in the United States? Let's start with the best. Certainly, we had World Breastfeeding Week here in the United States in August, and the focus for World Breastfeeding this year was on working women and breastfeeding. And we were so, so fortunate to have my colleague and uh, really my friend, Dr. Ruth Lawrence, I can feel myself getting a little choked up um, uh, as our guest for World Breastfeeding Week. It was it was so fun to have her as she talked about some of the good old days and also really to have her reflect on how much better things have gotten for the mother who's trying to combine breastfeeding and working outside the home. And wow, speaking of breastfeeding mothers, she is for sure a breastfeeding mother. Now, I bet you she'd have a fit if I told you how old she is. But let me just say that she has been a practicing pediatrician, I think since the 1950s or so. And certainly she has been a breastfeeding mother. So I'm not sure about the 50s, but I'm definitely sure about her being a breastfeeding mother. And she was just really wonderful at helping us to get a grip on how far we have come uh, 
in the last several decades. So speaking of World Breastfeeding Week and the focus on working women, this year we also saw a reintroduction of the support for Working Moms Act. It was first introduced actually in 2013 and then reintroduced in uh, 2015. It focused on allowing reasonable break times for nursing mothers. Now, will this pass? Eh, don't know. Uh, probably not, according to Oregon Junior Senator Jeff Merkley. As a matter of fact, he said the bill had a zero chance of being enacted. Sorry, ladies. All right, well, some good news, though. How about the United States Breastfeeding Committee? I was a founding member of the USBC, so that's one that's always near and dear to my heart. Uh, They joined hands with the Mom Rising volunteers, and they worked together to deliver some special welcome kits. To every member of the new 114th Congress, reminding them that breastfeeding saves dollars and makes sense, S-E-N-S-E, and asked them to make change for United States families. That, of course, is at www.usbreastfeeding.org. By the way, I think we're probably going to have to have some show notes for this show because I've got a lot of links here, and I'm not going to be able to describe all of them to you without taking up the whole show just talking about the links. So let me move to new baby-friendly hospitals. Well, as of this afternoon, there are 315 baby-friendly facilities here in the United States. A whopping 89 of those 315 were added in 2015, according to Baby Friendly USA. So you could be very positive and note that the 89 newly designated hospitals of this year represents an increase of about 39% since last year. I had to work that out by hand. I'm not good with the math. Uh, You could be even more exuberant, and you could see that, uh, you know, really the U.S. is ahead of its Healthy People 2020 goal. If you haven't heard about the uh, goals for the nation, uh, the goals for the nation have been every 10 years since the end of the Carter administration, which was in the late 70s. So every 10 years we get these goals. And uh, the goal for 2020 is to have 8.1% of the hospitals designated as baby-friendly. And we already have 15.7% of the hospitals designated as baby-friendly. So that's nearly twice as high as the goal for Healthy People 2020. And we still have another five years before the 2020. So hopefully we'll go forward, not backwards. Okay, but look at this really like this is really good news. But there's a huge worst to this best news. Kind of skip over the the Healthy People 2020 goals for a moment. Just remember, they're just government goals. What's more important is that these statistics mean that about 85% of babies were born in facilities that have not achieved the baby-friendly designation, which is equivalent to saying that 85% of babies born in the U.S. have not had the best started life, which means that those babies who have not had the best start in life are statistically not likely to meet the other Healthy People 2000 
2020 goals for the nation, most notably the goal for exclusive breastfeeding at six months. And again, if you want to see those goals, uh, they're in several places. Probably the easiest place, though, to find them is usbreastfeeding.org. So anyway, uh, the Healthy People 2020 target goal is for 25.5% of infants to be exclusively breastfed for the first six months of life. But at this point, only 14.1% or possibly 14.2%. I read 14.1, but honestly, I think it's 14.2%, are exclusively breastfed for six months as of this moment. Well, that shouldn't be really much of a surprise. When you look at those statistics for the number and the percentage of newborns who are born in baby-friendly hospital facilities, you'll see that only about 15% of the births occur in a baby-friendly hospital nationwide. And you're saying, oh, wait a minute, Marie, I lost you there. Okay. Well, remember that goals are just goals. There's the goal for the baby-friendly. There's the goal for exclusive breastfeeding. And while those are two separate goals, they are absolutely related. Goals are just goals. You or the government or any person or any committee or any business can write goals. Shucks, it's not my business. We write them all the time. But to actually achieve goals, you need to have a strategy to achieve those goals. And in the United States, the best strategy for achieving exclusive breastfeeding at six months is, guess what? Having those 10 steps of the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative in the hospital where you have your baby. So I congratulate the hospitals that have achieved the Baby Friendly designation in this past year, all 89 of them. And to the others, I have only four words. Put a move on. Okay, then. How about some other stuff? Well, one of the best things is a rise in the number of milk banks that are here in the United States. Milk banks are regulated by Humbana. That's H-M-B-A-N-A. It's the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. And right now, there are 20 accredited milk banks in the United States, plus there are three more in Canada. Uh, The U.S. added six milk banks in 2015. Now, proportionately, that's a lot, okay? And six more are actually in development, so we should see those as part of the best news for next year. According to Humbana, over 6,800 donor mothers and more than 3.77 million ounces of milk were processed in 2015. I hope that this harkens back to the show that we had with uh, the the executive director of the milk bank in Austin, and I believe that that was in the fall, I want to say September of 2014. It was Kim Updegrove. Be sure to catch that show where she talks about how important it is for both the donors and the recipients. By the way, I can't help but tell you here, this 20 accredited milk banks this year, I'm thinking that when I wrote my first book, I think the first of my books was published in 1998, and I think I was really scrounging to find like six or eight uh Milk banks. So I would say we've probably doubled since then. And that's a really, really good sign here in the U.S. You folks in Europe, I know you're doing better. So this really signals the recognition of the importance 
of human milk for newborns. And then there's kind of the worst. Uh, The cash for milk program, you may remember that that was rolled out to breastfeeding mothers in a predominantly African-American community in Detroit by a non, uh, excuse me, a for-profit milk bank called Meadowlack Labs. Now, uh, Kimberly Seals Allers was my guest I think about February or so of this year, and she talked to us about how that program was just really not something that was going to be helpful either for the donors or for the recipients. So those are just some things for you to really toss around in your mind about kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly for uh, this past year of 2015 on what I would more or less call the national front. Before we move on, I'd like to thank Mama Va, who will be a sponsor for this show. Mama Va is a modular suite offering nursing mothers a safe, clean, and beautifully designed space to pump or to nurse when the mothers are away from home or from work. That's Mama Va. M-A-M-A-V-A dot com for their website, www.M-A-M-A-V-A dot com today. Now, when we come back from break, I will be talking about politics and the law. So don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. When we come back, we will be talking about politics and the law right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been talking today about the best and the worst of 2015 for breastfeeding. Maybe I've overstated the case here. Um, I was thinking, for instance, with that last one where I talked about the uh, Metalac Labs, the program was stopped eventually after protest uh, that it exploited black mothers. I would just like to say that these things are the kinds of things that have not been helpful to breastfeeding. And hopefully I'm highlighting the things that are helpful to breastfeeding. I would like to say, though, that as I've been preparing for this show, I was astonished at the number of things that I had difficulty really getting to the bottom of. For example, sometimes there would be some very sensational headlines, but then if you really tracked the story down, it really wasn't as bad as it might have seemed. So I would really encourage you that when you see those headlines about breastfeeding or anything else for that matter, make sure you really check out the sources. I do not in any way want to tell you that I that everything that's going to come out of my mouth tonight is exactly accurate or exactly truthful, but I have done my level best to get to the real facts and to be able to present them to you as I understand them. Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not any of those things, but I'm really trying hard to present things that I feel have helped breastfeeding to move forward in this country versus things that have not. So uh, there were actually some things actually outside of the country too, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'd like to start with politics and the law. Now, in this category, I looked at anything having to do with political issues, legislation that was introduced or is pending, and people or entities who have violated laws that protect breastfeeding women, and especially since we are less than a year out from the presidential elections, <laughs> I'm going to look a little bit at the politicians themselves in this section, which I don't usually do. But anyway, let me take on some of the non-U.S. stuff here first. One was actually uh, from Australia. And here, the Australian court, as reported by uh, Telegraph, uh, looked at uh, the mother that was ordered to stop breastfeeding because she had tattoos. Now, mind you, the tattoos were on her finger, I think it was just one finger, and her foot. But the court said that because the baby was only three months old, there was a possible threat that this nursing baby could be infected with HIV, even though the mother, the breastfeeding mother, tested negative for HIV. Let's go truth and fact here. As you know, this show is all about clarifying the, the facts and busting the myths. I think it is absolutely true that the baby certainly could be exposed 
Do I think that that's one of the things that I would be staying in, awake at night worrying about? Uh, no, I'll tell you why. Because what I see in this is that once again, in that court, and in this case, that judge was focused on the potential risk of the tattoo, the needles, maybe even the tattoo artist or the parlor. But but honestly, if you have your tattoo done in a reputable tattoo parlor, probably the likelihood of being infected with HIV is pretty slim. Now, again, I'm not an expert on this, and I'm definitely not a tattoo artist, but I think that there's a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, conscientiousness among those who actually do do the tattoos. But anyway, as the story goes for this court in Australia, apparently there was no consideration, or at least not that I could see, there was no consideration of the risk-benefit ratio, meaning, yeah, there might be a risk, from the tattoo. But what's the benefit for the breastfeeding, for heaven's sakes? Also, from what I can tell, I don't know if this is true or not, but from what I could tell, there was no medical opinion that was sought. This judge, as far as I could tell, just kind of ruled. But as you know, this has always or should always at least be a risk-benefit decision. And it's a real shame that we have courts focusing on the possible risks rather than the proven benefits of breastfeeding. So what's to be learned there? Could there be more to this story? It's possible, but there's something to be learned. We always need to look at the risk-benefit ratio. Does breastfeeding and the benefits of breastfeeding outweigh any possible risks? Well, now let's move ourselves back to the U.S. here for a moment. Donald Trump is in the news all the time, so how can we forget to include his contribution to breastfeeding news in 2015? Well, according to the New York Times, it seems that Trump was uh, in court, I want to say in Florida, but I can't remember now. He was dealing with a lawsuit, and I think it had something to do with property, but anyway, uh, the lawyer was questioning him. And apparently somewhere along the line, he pronounced her questions to be very stupid. So apparently he didn't like her, uh, one would assume. Uh, the lawyer was Elizabeth Beck. And she asked for, I quote here from the New York Times, a medical break. And according to the New York Times, uh, Trump and his lawyers didn't want that. They really asked that the deposition continue. But the lawyer said that it was urgent, that she needed to pump milk for her baby. Her baby apparently was three months old. And she even took the, the pump out and showed, I guess, whoever was there to, you know, kind of authenticate the idea that she, this was what she really needed to do. Well, that did not go well. According to the New York Times, Trump explained, exclaimed, you're disgusting, quote, unquote. You're disgusting. <sighs> Interestingly, uh, apparently nobody has disputed that he actually said that. We all know that Trump most definitely does speak his mind. So these are the kinds of things that I don't know how Ms. Beck felt. But if I had been in her shoes, 
I would have felt as though a man who was running for office just called me disgusting for wanting to feed my baby the best food on the planet. I don't think that could have resonated. That would not have resonated well with me at all. Okay, well, wait till I tell you about this next one. It has to do with the New Jersey Hampton Inn front desk clerk. And according to the headlines, she was fired for pumping. Now, I've gotten my information from, uh, I started out with a different source, but then actually I went to the story as written by Lindsay Rittenhouse for New Jersey, and that's nj.com. This occurred at the Hampton Inn in Bordentown, New Jersey. And according to Ms. Rittenhouse, this case involved a single mother who was a front desk clerk who was fired because, quote, the the hotel could not accommodate her breaks to pump breast milk for her three-month-old daughter, unquote. I don't really know what to tell you about this here. Uh, We know she was fired. We know what the employee and what Ms. Rittenhouse reported. But this story raises many questions for me. She was fired for, for what? For taking time to pump? For taking a particularly long break when she pumped? For taking a break when there was no one to cover her duties? Now, I'm annoyed because the Hampton is one of the Hilton family of hotels, and I've been a loyal Hilton Honor member for many years. So I tried to get the story straight on this. I'm eager to defend a hotel chain whose praises I usually sing. And if you've ever attended my comprehensive lactation course or my lactation review course, you know that we frequently rent meeting space at a Hampton or one of the Hilton family hotels, and or we reserve a block of room for our guests, or for guests, that would be our participants, at one of those properties. We want our course participants to enjoy the Hamptons or the Hiltons as much as we do. So I was eager to get the truth on what happened at this hotel. This afternoon, I did reach Gary, the general manager at the Bordentown Hampton Inn, but as soon as I mentioned the incident with the employee, he immediately interrupted and told me he had no comment on the matter. Now, I get it. I would imagine that corporate headquarters has probably muzzled him. And I get it. The the incident happened, I think, this summer. And he's probably sick of hearing about it. But despite my best attempts to actually present the hotel's side of the story, I was unable to get a question out of my mouth before he cut me off. He abruptly instructed me to have a good day and put down the phone. So I can't defend the hotel here. I also cannot explain how this could have happened. I admit to being uncertain about the law in New Jersey. There is a clear law for breastfeeding. It's number 264B4. It's the right to breastfeed in public, notwithstanding any provision, quote, notwithstanding any provision of law to the contrary, a mother shall be entitled to breastfeed her baby in any location of a place of public accommodation, resort, or amusement wherein the mother is otherwise permitted. Now, from what I can tell, the New Jersey law does not make a provision to pump at work. And I will cheerfully take correction if I'm wrong on that, so please feel free to email me. But here's the but, and it's a big but. The 2012 
Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act says that employers provide must provide, quote, reasonable break time for an employee to express breast milk for her nursing child for one year after the child's birth each time such employee has a need to express milk. And then there's more to it about the place and so forth. There are a number of other ins and outs to this law, so I would encourage you to read it in its entirety. For example, if you do not grant this break, uh, you do not have to, excuse me, you do not have to grant this break if you have fewer than 50 employees uh, or if it is going to cause undue hardship. Might this have been the case for the Hampton? Maybe so. Without a statement from them, we'll probably never know of her transgression or their obligation, if any. So what's the lesson to be learned here? If you're an employee, you need to know how or if the law protects you. If the law doesn't protect you, you need to know how to maintain your milk supply. For example, in the law that I just quoted, it refers to the mother who is nursing a child who is less than one year old. So if your child is older than that, that law isn't going to help you too much. If you're a boss, you'd better know the law before you pop off your mouth about what a breastfeeding mother may or may not do while she's on duty. As for the Hampton Bordentown, all I can say is that uh, we won't be renting meeting space there. Uh, we do hold a course at least once a year, sometimes twice a year in New Jersey, but we for sure won't be holding it in Bordentown. Alrighty, when we come back, I will be talking to you about some other breastfeeding and public issues. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The new Pocket is a newborn carrier specifically designed for skin-to-skin contact, affording mom full coverage and hands-free mobility while giving and receiving all the physiological benefits of kangaroo care. Our unique fabric is super soft, breathable, moisture-wicking, and it offers just the right amount of compression fit to ensure proper position and continued support. Hospitals and NICUs are implementing the new Pocket for inpatient use to increase time spent skin-to-skin, as well as help improve breastfeeding scores and infant safety. Learn more at NewRooBaby.com. That's N-U-R-O-O-Baby.com. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed. Did you hear what she just said on that commercial? She said, send your questions to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. All right. So I'm going to pick up with an incident that happened at the McMinnville, Oregon Goodwill store. Now, this was a uh, oh, yuck. According to KOIN6 News, there were two rather insensitive media posts from a Goodwill employee. And it's important that you understand that it was the employee who made the two offensive uh, posts. The first post said, so I totally had a lady come through my line today while she was breastfeeding her baby. And the second quote, and, and these are quotes, was, I don't like seeing tits in a public place unless it's a strip joint. She shouldn't have taken her baby shopping. Eh, brother. Well, luckily, the Goodwill has a very positive take on breastfeeding, and they came out with some uh, posts that actually uh, were helpful, uh, but did support the, the uh, employee. So I guess what I'm saying is they did a little damage control. Uh, they said uh, that breastfeeding shouldn't be done out in public without covering your private parts. Oops. Um, a blanket is enough for a breastfeeding mother and so forth. Uh, here's the other thing that they said, according to uh, KOIN, was there isn't a thing wrong with breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is a natural thing, but it should be done in a private place. Well, you know, <laughs> I want to make it clear, and I've probably said this on this show before, but while there are laws to protect women's rights to breastfeed in certain states, it is not illegal to breastfeed in public anywhere in the United States. Let me say that one more time so that I'm sure you get it. It is not illegal to breastfeed anywhere in the United States. Okay. Uh, speaking of breastfeeding in public then, this was really pretty interesting. It was from the uh, Huffington Post. And it was a series of, I believe, nine different little videos. And it the, the mothers themselves told their story of being in some way humiliated or talked down to or scolded or whatever you want to call it for breastfeeding in places such as a doctor's office, on a plane, a fitness center, restaurant, store, church, post office, courthouse, anywhere they might need to be. And by the way, one of them, one of the little videos was about the incident that happened at, um, I'm pretty sure it was Sky Harbor. People in Phoenix, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's uh, that what that mother was one of them. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Now, uh, here was one that got just really, I didn't understand. 
the headline was Mother Shamed and Threatened to be Ticketed for Breastfeeding Her Son. And this was reported by KMTV.com. I didn't really understand this very well because, first of all, they had some abbreviations that they didn't spell out. But it seemed to me that this was in Omaha and the woman was in some sort of a forum or meeting and claims that she was shamed by an officer. Uh, and according to their report, they said, quote, or he apparently said, don't do that in front of me. Actually, no, you know what? I think it was a woman who was the, the officer who said, don't do that in front of me. Have more respect for yourself and everybody else here. Ooh, well, I would have a lot of respect for myself if I were giving my baby what nature intended, which is the best food on the planet. All right, now get this one. The headline uh, came from, uh, this was on St. Peter's blog, S-A-I-N-T-P-E-T-E-R-S-B-L-O-G. And the headline was, Dr. Kicks Woman Out of Office for Breastfeeding. I had to read this several times before I got really the whole bit. But this incident was in St. Petersburg, Florida, and According to the source, the baby was eight months old. The baby was still nursing, and it seemed that the mother had the baby in a stroller when she arrived at the psychiatrist's office. Now, I didn't catch that the first couple of times that I read it. But as the story goes, the mother waited about 90 minutes to see the doctor, which, by the way, I was thinking, I haven't waited 90 minutes to see any doctor in years and years. Why would I? But anyway, uh, when she finally did get into kind of what I guess I would call the inner office, the baby was hungry, wanted to nurse, and according to the reports, the the doctor told the mother that if she wanted to nurse, she should, that there needed to be a female in the room. I, I don't understand this, okay? The mother is doing a totally natural thing. I don't see where there's a sexual issue here unless the office, and and again, I don't know the facts, but maybe the office has some sort of policy that if the mother has some sort of exposure, then there needs to be a woman in the room. I don't know, but that would be my guess. And I did not have time to chase that story down. But I think we've really got to stop thinking about breasts as private parts or stop thinking about breasts as being sexual objects, okay? There's a real problem here. All right, next, uh, there was an incident with uh, United Airlines for breastfeeding, but I want to talk about the one with Delta. Uh, This was written up in the Huffington Post, and this was the one that, HuffPost also had the um, the video. So, as I understand it, the mother tried to bring her frozen milk on the plane on dry ice. Now, if you look at the mother's Facebook page, she writes this open letter to Delta and the media sources surrounding the the incident. And there are a number of issues here which were were really concerning. First of all, it seems to me that she did her due diligence. She contacted Delta a week before her flight. She asked them how she could take her frozen milk with her. She'd been away, I can't remember now, but like five weeks or something. Um, She was told to keep it frozen on dry ice. And 
she was told that she could do that as long as she had less than 5.5 pounds and if she labeled the cooler. So I'm reading that and I'm thinking there's no way she's going to have 5.5 pounds. So this, this looks good. And I would assume that she could label it. Well, it didn't turn out that way. Somehow when she got to the, the airport, the, as I understood it, it was the ticketing agent who told her she would have to pay $150 to check the cooler, which, by the way, apparently she paid $25 for the, the, the cooler. Now, I, there was also another piece. I didn't write this in my notes, but I do remember it. That Oh, yeah, here, yeah, I do have it. Uh, when she showed up at the airport, the Delta employee had, quote, no idea how to handle, unquote, the frozen milk, and ultimately told the mother that she couldn't take it. So that's when she tried to check it as a piece of checked baggage. Okay. Now, by the way, interestingly, it was the police officers at the airport who helped her to just trash the dry dry ice and stash the frozen milk in her carry-on luggage. Okay. Now, the mother was concerned that she had what she anticipated was an eight-hour trip ahead of her, and the milk might not be frozen when she arrived home. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on here that just makes me nuts. One is the airport folks need some education here. Apparently, corporate knew exactly what to do and what to tell the woman, but when she showed up, apparently the local employees didn't know what to do, and that does not seem good. I also don't understand where TSA comes into this. Uh, Somebody help me. What's TSA? It's the Safety Administration, uh, Transportation Safety Administration, right? Uh, It seems to me like they would have been the ones that would have been involved or not involved, but I couldn't find any record of that at all. Uh, The good news was that the mother went ahead and put it in her her carry-on bag. I would have told her, do not worry about that frozen milk for eight hours, okay? That's what I would have told her. But she apparently thought that unless it was frozen solid, it was a problem, which, of course, if you've been listening to the show, you know it's not a problem. Um, I would just like to say, too, that airports uh, would do well to check out the Mama Va pods. Uh, If you've been listening, for instance, you know that the Minnesota Vikings have recognized the importance of helping fans to enjoy the game and the importance of growing little babies into smart, strong players. So they have two of the Mama Va pods in the stadium. And these are also in airports. I know certainly the the pods, the Mama Va pods are in the uh, Burlington airport, but they're in other airports and other places as well. So I guess what I want to say is airports uh, are a problem, but they can fix that problem. And in addition to the breastfeeding accommodations, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Cincinnati Reds, and other major sports teams are recognizing that some fans are breastfeeding, pumping, etc. So that's how they're solving the problem. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to give you just a little, uh, just a little bit of information on Sky Harbor in Arizona because I did put that in my notes. Okay, don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and we'll be wrapping up this session of the best and the worst of breastfeeding news in 2015. Um, I wanted to just mention that one at Sky Harbor because I got that just a tad wrong here. The woman at, at Sky Harbor in Arizona she is the one who needed to pump while she was on the plane, did not want to embarrass the man that was sitting next to her. So she went to the restroom, alerted the passengers that she was going to be several minutes. But she, according to her, within two minutes, the flight attendant opened the door. Well, she made the mother open the door and the pump was still attached. And the flight attendant allegedly said, what are you doing? You can't do that in here. You're taking too long. There are other passengers. Uh, I, I would really encourage you to go to HuffPost and look at all of those nine videos that are on there. They're pretty interesting. Be sure you get a big load of that. Uh, also at Huffington Post, they uh, had the the theme of World Breastfeeding Week, and there were 16 different mothers that shared what that looked like for them. Really some cool stuff. Now, here's one that was, I believe it started with uh, Time.com, where a woman who had had a mastectomy was breastfeeding her baby on her unaffected side. Now, man, this this was like a tearjerker to see this photo. As I understand it, she had lumps in her breasts that were diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer when she was about 20 weeks pregnant. And she had a mastectomy on her left breast. And in the photo, she is shown clearly without hair, apparently the side effect from her chemotherapy, one might assume. But she's breastfeeding the baby from her right breast. And as I looked at the picture, it seemed to me that she was crying. What does this tell us? Well, for me, the message was, if you're determined to breastfeed, you're going to get the job done under any circumstance. So let's look at some of the celebrities. Speaking of Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington, who is, of course, the chair, the president, and the editor-in-chief of uh, Huffington Post Media Group, posted a throwback Thursday photo of herself nursing her daughter, Christina. And by the way, it was a totally beautiful, beautiful picture of Ariana Huffington. Um, how about Nicole um, 
Trinfio's breastfeeding cover. She was uh, she was on the cover of L uh, magazine in Australia. It's been making waves all around the world. And her quote was, "The last thing I want to do is be controversial. So please take this for what it is." Uh, interestingly, on Good Morning America, she says, "I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal." There are some really, really cool comics on Huffington Post. I know I've given a lot of uh, time here to Huff Post tonight, but uh, there's just really, there's 18 different comics that capture the reality of breastfeeding. And it just shows that breastfeeding can be funny too. Definitely go there. It is well worth the laugh. Uh I want to talk for just a few moments about research and resources to promote and support breastfeeding. I know that I talked a lot earlier this year, I think it was in April, when I talked about Victoria's study uh, that talked about intelligence as related to breastfeeding babies and how that was such a superb study. So if you want to go back and take a look at that, uh, I spent probably one whole segment talking about that very, very excellent study done by a man who is absolutely a world-class researcher, uh, definitely one of my favorites, uh, Dr. Victoria. Uh, there was some other good research that came out this year. Certainly, it's always hard for me to pick, but uh, breastfeeding reducing risk of diabetes too, benefits for eye health for premature babies, recognition by mainstream media that it's good by, for mothers as well as for baby. There was an absolutely incredible video of a baby's tongue movements. And uh, we'll give you the link for that. It's actually in the UK, C-A-N-I, breastfeed, I-N-I-T dot U-K, uh, video uh, with absolutely mesmerizing of the tongue with the breastfed baby. Don't miss that. Now, just to toot my own horn a little bit here, I was able to get an app out for professionals. Those who are studying for the IBLCE exam, uh, I actually didn't do as much work on it as my team did. So thank you to my entire team who made that happen. But we have now six different uh, flashcards. There are six, well, it's kind of like one app, but six different flashcards. So you can check those out. They are, of course, on iTunes. Uh, Also, I would like to acknowledge and be grateful for some of the really, really, really great guests that we've had on this show. Uh, Certainly Dr. Niels Bergman, who came and talked to us about skin-to-skin contact. Dr. Susie Luddington, uh, Robert Roche-Paul, who came and talked to us about breastfeeding in combat boots. Noemi Weiss, who talked to us about the film Milk. And you can still host that film if you wish. I mentioned Dr. Ruth Lawrence earlier. Uh, Dia Michaels came out with her new book, and she was my guest. Just last week, I had Dr. Darsha Narvaez, and I believe that is Narvaez, uh, who talked about primal parenting. We've also had Karen Kirkhoff Gramada and many, many others that I can't even begin to name. Uh, really feeling very grateful that this is a wonderful resource for mothers as well as for guests. And I would like to just say thank you to those people who have been very, very generous with their time. Uh, I know, for instance, last week, Dr. Narvaez 
uh, accommodated me on very short notice during the holiday period. So we've been really grateful that we've been able to have shows on sleep, feeding the breastfed newborn, feeding in the military, workplace support, nursing in public, pumping, infant massage, and so many more things. So thank you to uh, all of the guests that I mentioned and those that I can't begin to mention because, of course, there were some 50 shows or so uh, during the year. And I would just like to say thank you to all of them for taking their time and sharing their expertise and for our sponsors who have made it possible for us uh, tonight, Mama Va, but others certainly who have helped us this year and in previous years to make this show possible for you. So what's your job? My job is to help you to clarify the facts and bust the myths. Or actually, I think I usually say that the other way, don't I? I usually say bust the myths and clarify the facts. So what's your job? Your job is to tell me what would you like to hear about in 2016. And we will do our best to get your questions answered. And by the way, if you can word that in the form of a question or a problem that's more useful than if you just list a topic because a lot of topics have multiple issues surrounding them but we will try to work on that for sure so drop us a note at radio at born to be breastfed.com i have no idea where the time goes but it always just goes so quickly and that's all the time we have today i'd like to thank Mama Va for sponsoring this show and i'd also like to thank you for listening to born to be breastfed I'd like to invite you to come back next week, and if you're interested in books or other media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, I forgot to tell you that Dr. Ruth Lawrence just published her seventh, uh, no, I think this was her eighth edition. We'll feature that on our website. Uh, But any of those books or other kinds of media, check out our Amazon store. It's on our website at borntobebreastfed.com. You'll see it there. Uh, I'm happy to have anyone visit, but generally, if you're a parent, you'll want to visit me at borntobebreastfed.com for the books and media or for my blog. Don't miss my blog. Or check out my Facebook page. And while you're there, could you please push the little thing that says like or share? Uh, You're welcome to leave a question for me or any of my guests and uh We'd be happy for that. If you're a professional and you're looking for a continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog and much more are all on my professional website, breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel, hoping that you will have a wonderful, wonderful 2016. And in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week and a great year. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.